Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Amen. Amen. Uh, The book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 58. We are still in our, our series, The Power of Routine. Somebody say, The Power. Come on, you got to say it with some conviction. The power of routine. Amen. And we started week one talking about uh, the power, the importance of establishing the spiritual routine of uh, prayer. I think we started with prayer. And then week two, we started talking about the power of the spiritual routine or the discipline of reading God's word. Amen. And today, even as Sister Sherry has already stated, we are at the end of our fast, at the end of our 21-day consecration. We're still going to talk about fasting. And, and I, I struggled with this uh, to make fat or to place fasting in the beginning, but God says, no, keep it right here. It's going to work out fine because what I, what I further came to realize and understand is that, and this is the title of today's message, uh, fasting is not just the beginning of the year thing. I think we need to really understand that is that fasting and consecration, it's not just a beginning of the year thing. A lot of times we approach the year and, and, and we, for spiritual consecration, we consecrate ourselves and we enter into the first of the year and we, we pray and we enter into daily prayer. And for those of us who have been going through two-a-day, remember, two-a-day prayer, 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. on the prayer line. It's been amazing. We finished uh, our two-a-day prayer this past Friday uh, going 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. in prayer. But, you know, and, and, and today we conclude the fast, but we need to understand that fasting is not just a beginning of the year thing. We are, God calls for us to live a fasted lifestyle. It's so good to see my friend and brother, Brother Brian Robinson, who I've known for, I mean, since college. He was a blessing to me, him and his wife. His wife Keisha, right? His wife got connected with my grandmother. She was working for one of the agencies that provides home care, and uh, they got to talking, and my grandmama started talking about her grandson. Go ahead, grandmama. Um, and realized that there was a connection, and so he came and saw, saw about, came to see me today, and I'm thankful for him being here, him and his lovely wife. Can we just give them a hand? I haven't seen him since, since my days at EMU, but, I, but I'm so thankful that he's here today and uh, worshiping God with us, him and his beautiful wife. Uh, so l- let's go to Isaiah chapter 58, and we're going to look at uh, a few verses. So good to see some of Highland Park's finest in the building. Can we give it up for our police officers that keeps our city safe? Come on, come on. Can we praise God for them? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Let, let, let's praise God. Let's thank God for them. Thank you all so very much. Thank you so very much. This church loves you and loves the work that you all do and loves how you guys keep us safe and protected all year long. And so we just thank God for you. Isaiah chapter 58, verses 6 through 9. I'm going to read this in your hearing. It says, is this not the fast that I have chosen? Watch this. To loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. 
to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. Somebody say every yoke. Is this not, is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who were cast out? When you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. And the glory of the Lord, somebody say the glory of the Lord, shall be your rear guard. In other words, God's got your back. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer you. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. Again, just for the point of emphasis, fasting, not just the beginning of the year thing. There are a lot of different definitions, quick phrases, meanings of what fasting really is. You know, natural subtraction for spiritual addition. Sacrifice as unto the Lord. I like what this particular author says, who's unknown. He says, fasting is the voluntary denial. Get this down. Fasting is the voluntary denial of a normal unction for the sake of intense spiritual activity. Did y'all get that? I'm gonna say it again. Fasting is the voluntary denial of a normal unction for the sake of intense spiritual activity activity. Here's the big idea of today's message. Get this and get this clear. How many people are all in with Jesus? Come on, fly them hands up high. Come on. Okay, so listen, listen. If you're going to go all in with Jesus, you must be all out of yourself. I'm going to say it again. If you're truly going to go all in with Jesus, you got to be all out of yourself. What do you mean, Pastor Devin? Let's go in the book because y'all know I'm, I'm, I'm a by the book kind of, kind of preacher. Go to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. So in the New Testament, after the break of the white page for dividing the Old Testament from the New, you have the book of Matthew. First, first book in the New Testament, the first book of the synoptic gospels. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 and 25. Watch what it says. It says, if anyone, somebody say anyone, would come after me, he must, somebody say must, deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. So in other words, if you're going to go all in with Jesus, you must be all out of yourself. Jesus says very plainly put it, very plainly put it, he says, anyone. See, uh, this isn't some type of thing where certain people are exempt based on their classification or ranking. Anyone. Jesus said, if anyone, and then he also comes back and uses this word, he says, whoever. <laughs> that means all y'all, all of us, anyone, whoever, must deny himself, 
must deny himself. See, and I'm mighty afraid because there's a real danger that the we can have it all mentality or philosophy that is being taught in many of our churches today that's going to block the thought that sacrifice and dependence on God is necessary. Sacrifice and total dependence on God is necessary. Fasting should always be God-ordained and God-centered. Fasting should always be God-ordained and God-centered. Let me show you something. Let's go over to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 2. It's one book over from the book of Matthew. Still keep your finger there in Isaiah because we're going to come back to Isaiah and really deal with that. Luke chapter 2, verses 37 and 38. Watch this. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple. Watch this. But served God with fastings and prayers both night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Now let's flip over to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 13. I want to just show you something. Acts chapter 13, verse 2. And they ministered to the Lord. And they ministered to the Lord. In other words, they were worshiping God and fasted. And the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. See, in other words, you got to get this in your head. Fasting is for everyone. (laughs) It's for all of us, no matter what you're doing, in other words, you can be an 84-year-old widow or you can be a minister before God. Let me tell you something. It's for you to consecrate yourself unto the Lord. It's important. The Bible is, you know, it, 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 it's amazing that when Jesus began talking about this in the gospel, he didn't say if you fast. He says when you fast. When you fast. When you pray. When you give. In other words, these things aren't optional. These are not optional electives in the life of the believer. These are things that we do. I don't hear nobody saying nothing to me. It is a denial of oneself. Fasting, praying, worshiping the Lord should be spoken of, should be spoken of in all the same breath. And watch this. If your fasting is not unto God, so that he might be glorified, then your fasting is fruitless. If your fasting is not unto God so that he might be glorified, your fasting is fruitless. You know, know, it's something. I uh, uh, went into the office and my cousin was in town from Memphis and him and I uh, purchased a business. And so he came in. and, and, and I would meet him there before heading over to my, my other job. And he, he would come in with a box of donuts. 
Like, what, y'all don't fast in Memphis? <laughs> y'all not on this spiritual consecration? I mean, come on, get in line. And so, you know, you know I, I find myself, you know, because I love blueberry donuts. Love them. And unlike a good blueberry donut, I see police officers. Do y'all eat blueberry donuts? So y'all just old-fashioned glaze? That's, I, I, I hit on one right there. He's an old-fashioned glaze guy. But I mean, you know, that blueberry donut, I got, caught a whip my nose. It just caught a whiff of it. And I said, Satan? <laughs> Dost thou temptest me? <laughs> and I had, I had to remember. I said, I said no, I'm, I, I'm denying myself. Because I need, I want to be in God's presence. I need to know that he is with me and for me. And I want to align myself with what he has called for me to do. And so just right then, listen, it's not the fact that uh, temptation is not going to come. It's the fact that when temptation does come, you're reminded. You're reminded that you're on assignment for the Lord. Consider this. Now, there are general benefits to fasting, general benefits to fasting. Number one, it provides spiritual strength. It provides spiritual strength and helps you overcome barriers that might otherwise prevent you from living the victorious Christian life. Fasting does that. Here's another reason. Fasting ultimately brings you closer to God and enhances your walk with him. I mean, all throughout scripture, I mean, Jesus, Jesus was, was, he was, he, he's God. And he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. So if him coming to earth, embodied in, in, in flesh, knew that he had, that there was a need for him, for Jesus himself to fast, how many know that it's probably a good idea that you and I fast too? Fasting also causes you to focus in on God, to focus in on God. You see, we must always keep in mind that during our fast, yes, physical benefits, success in prayer, and even enduring spiritual insights, all those things take a back seat to God. All those things take a back seat to God. Yes. You're going to feel better physically. But, but can I just tell you something? You, you may even lose some weight, lose a couple pounds, shed a couple pounds. But can I tell you something? If you're fasting just to lose weight, it's just a diet. Probably not the best one either, but I mean, it's, it's just a diet. But see, there's a difference between dieting and consecrating yourself. Let, let me show you this. See, John Wesley says this. He says, when fasting, we should always let our attention be to glorify the Father, which is in heaven. So understand this. And let me put this out there. Warning, warning. Um, if there was like a lower third, CNN breaking news, all right? Warning period right now. First Saturday, sirens go off. Fasting is a spiritual discipline. And when you become serious about the personal and social task of a believer to take up the discipline of fasting, you should expect obstacles. 
gonna just talk to this side of the room because y'all acting real funny. You should expect some obstacles. Let me give you three obstacles that you should expect. Resistance. Interference. Spiritual oppression. Anybody ever start out on the on the fast, whether it was this year or in times past, and then all of a sudden, the devil start getting busy in your house? Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Y'all real funny acting on this side. So I'm gonna just keep dealing with y'all right up in here. I'm serious. Interference. I mean, the day two of the fast, I saw this commercial, and McDonald's had this brand new menu. what in the world? Where has this been all my life? Are you serious right now? Can make my own meal? The guy come to the menu, yeah, let me get two chicken sandwiches and a Coke, $3, sir, what? Are you serious right now? Interference, interference, trying to break up my connection that I'm looking to establish a greater connection with God. It's like when cell phones first started coming onto the scene and people would start hearing interference on the line. So much so, if y'all remember back in the day, see, now he's come back and he's with Sprint. But Verizon was the first to actually get this guy and they sent him all across the country. I mean, I'm sorry, all across the world. You, you would see him on the Golden Gate Bridge. He was saying, and he would ask the question, uh, can you hear me now? Now, although we couldn't hear what the person on the other line was saying, we knew they must have said, yes, I can hear you, because his reply was, good, and he would keep it moving. Then you would see him in front of the theater out in Sydney, Australia, and he would be right there on his cell phone. He would say, hey, can you hear me now? Though we could not hear what the other person on the other line was saying, he must have, they must have said something to the effect of, yes, I can hear you, because his response was, good, and he would keep it moving. Next thing you know, you would see him in front of the uh, pyramids in Africa. He had his cell phone on his ear. He says, can you hear me now? And although we couldn't hear what the other person on the other line was saying, they must have said, yes, I can hear you, because he would say, good, and keep it moving. See, let me just tell you something. What they were trying to overcome was that there was this uh, fraction that happened in this, in this booming industry that though there was this advancement in technology, there was also some problems with technology. And the problem was is that they were getting interference on the line and see sometimes even in this walk with God yes it may be a new walk with the Lord or maybe an old walk with the Lord but you better be careful about the interference that comes to interrupt your line because it comes to break up what it is that God is trying to establish in your life he's trying to download information to your system and the devil is in, is busy trying to intercept that download that's trying to come to you but you but you must not be ignorant of the enemy's devices and you must be sure and very sure of what God is trying to do in your life and you must keep yourself connected. Somebody say keep, stay connected. Stay plugged into the source. If I go to bed after using my phone and all the applications all day long and I don't plug it in, by the time I wake up in the morning, Because I didn't take time. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. 
the same thing happens in your spiritual life if you don't take time to I'm talking about plugging into this word, plugging in through prayer, plugging in through fasting, plugging in in a Christ-centered community. Can I just tell you something? Your friend, let, let me tell y'all something. Let's see. I mean, let's just be real. You know, because all my friends ain't saved. Don't y'all sit there and look at me like, well, what? How come, pastor? All your friends ain't saved either. And some of my friends, they just crazy. I mean, they crazy. They say off-the-wall stuff. And I just have to just, Lord, okay. Give me the time. Give me the space. Give me the grace. Let me keep living a life before them so they see a difference. But sometimes being around your crazy friend, well, I'm not even saying friends. Some, some of y'all family ain't saved. All right, moving on. Um, Sometimes they can drain you. Anybody ever been around somebody that has just drained you of, I mean, you go home and you tired. I mean, you just physically spent. You don't know what to do, where to go, what to, I mean, you just, you, your mind is just not there. And you just like, I'm, I just. You just fall out. At least you're ready to. That's the reason why it's so important to stay connected to God and not allow interference, not allow resistance, and not allow spiritual opposition to deny you from pressing in and making it. Next week, there's going to be a big game. And some of us are praying. No, I'm sorry, not praying. I'm hoping. <laughs> I don't know. Should we pray for this? I don't know. Um, some of us really hope that, you know, Tom Brady, Michigan guy, even though he don't claim Michigan, but it's all right. Um, we, we hoping that, you know, he get his sixth NFL Super Bowl ring. Be a great accomplishment. They're going to go. Through, listen, it ain't about that right now, y'all. Y'all. <laughs> I know. See, interference, interference, spiritual opposition. All right, but, but, but what's going to happen in that game is you're going to have offense, an offensive line, and a defensive line. And the defensive line is going to try to do all they can to stop Tom Brady and the New England Patriots from advancing the ball. They're going to send out their defensive people, their cornerbacks, save, I mean, all of them to make sure that the advancement of the ball does not reach the end zone. Most times when Tom is playing, I played football. I didn't like playing football. I was forced to play football in high school. And I didn't like getting hit like that. I'm sorry. Call me soft, whatever. It don't matter. I was a basketball player. I played basketball and, 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 and in my second year in high school, we got this crazy coach. Gary Teasley, never will forget. I hope he's watching on the internet. Coach Teasley, you're crazy. He's a good friend of mine. He's a deacon over at Hartford. I love him. But what he did, he said, listen, those of you who want to play on this team, you have to be active all year long. See, he was used to the fact that there were some players that just got ready during the season. 
You can't get ready for battle while the battle is going on. You got to be ready for battle before the battle comes. And so what he said was, he says, you're going to either play football or run cross country. I wasn't running across nobody's country. Period. So I chose football. Coach Watson. He was an apostolic preacher who doubled as a football coach. He's gone on to be with the Lord, but Coach Watson said, golf? You're going to play tight end and linebacker. I was like, what? You want me to play both sides of the, of the ball? Yeah. Well, when I was a tight end, he would draw this play where Harlem Morton, our quarterback on our football team, I was supposed to run this route and Harlem was going to throw it at a particular time to a particular spot on the field. It was my job to make sure I was in the spot because he wasn't going to throw it to me. He was throwing it to a location. And if I wasn't there in my spot, I was going to miss. Y'all not saying, y'all still funny acting over there. If I wasn't in my location at the right time, I was going to miss what was intended for me to have so that I could continue going. Let me tell you what fasting does. Fasting gets you in a spot where God's glory will be there. And the Bible says that when you call and cry out to me, I will answer. But if you're not in your spot, guess what? You're going to miss what God has for you. So we have to be in the place at the right time to receive. I wish I had somebody help me in this place. To receive what God has for you. See, God has something for you. But you have to stay connected so that you can receive what he has for you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Fasting should also be a reminder that you are sustained by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, man does not live by bread alone. Man does not live by bread alone. It's amazing because I, I, I feel like we're in a time where all we care about is the bread. All we care about is making that money. All we care about is getting that big house. All we care about is driving that nice whip. All we care about is all these things that are brought about by bread. When we should be concerned with we need a word from the Lord. We're so consumed with where our next bread is coming from and we're not so much concerned about where the next word is coming from. Man does not live. Yes, those things are fine, but watch what the word says. Man does not live by bread alone. 
In other words, there's nothing wrong with you having these things. Nothing wrong with you living a life that is pleasing to God and God will bless you because the word of God says that if you seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, all the other things will be added to you. So, that's so, so we understand that about God's word, but what we're missing is that we're still so concerned about the bread and we're not concerned about the word. And we got to be concerned about the word of God because it's his word that causes us to live. It's his word that sustains us. It's his word in which we live, we move, and we have our being. It's by his word that we are alive today. It's by his word that this world was, was called into existence. It's by his word that the light of the sun is still shining bright. The sun by day and the lesser light, the moon by night. It was all by his word. It's by his word that you and I were even created. It's by his word that he began to cause us forth so that we can become a living soul. It's by his word that we are here today. People used to say this statement, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words, that's the biggest lie ever told. Words can hurt you. Words will hurt you. Why? Because words are powerful. And if you're not careful, especially somebody that's close to you. See, most times the people that's close to you can say the wrong thing and it cuts you the deepest. And you all messed up because of one word. That's so why we have to watch our words. Because, see, we're made in the very image and likeness of our Father. And if he created heaven and earth, and by his word the earth is sustained and upheld, and if we are created in his image, then guess what? When we speak words, well, the scriptures tell us that life, death and life are in the power of, so you got to watch what you say. God watches what he says and he makes sure that what he says and what he does line up. That's why you have to always stay connected to the source so that you're always saying the right thing. Most times when couples get into uh, friction, or they have moments of intense fellowship. Not the good kind either. When they have moments of friction and tension in the home, it's because somebody didn't say something that shouldn't have been said. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. We have to watch our words. Watch this. Food is not what sustains you. It's God's word. God sustains you. Therefore, in times of fasting, listen to me good, you are not as much abstaining from food in as much as you are feasting on the word of God. So, let's get our minds right on this. Watch this. 
Fasting is feasting. Change your mind around this whole, you know, I'm fasting and I'm, I'm abstaining from, no, 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 no. That is the time when you all the more get into this word and begin feasting on this word. This is the time, yes, you're substituting your natural meal, the time that you would eat natural food and you're taking in spiritual food because it is this word that we live by. It is his word that causes things to take shape in our life. It's his word. So fasting is feasting. <laughs> so, so, see, 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 some of y'all, when y'all, I mean, the moment y'all sort of saw y'all face, I wish I could take a photograph or a video camera when I announced that we're going through 21 days of fasting. The moment y'all hear the word fasting, y'all, oh, Lord, Jesus. I mean, y'all ready to pass out just at the thought of fasting, at the thought of it. The thought, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, we did it two, 14 days in advance, and I mean, for, it hadn't even had come up yet. Y'all are like, Lord Jesus. <laughs> but when you look at and you approach fasting, this is my time to feast on the word of God. Because I understand that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. I'm getting ready to add life to my life. I'm getting ready to add health to my life. I'm getting ready to add strength to my life because this word is what gives it to me. Somebody put those hands together and give God some praise. Now, let me just talk about this because if you cannot fast, if, 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 it is, if, if you just cannot, for medical reasons, you cannot fast, you can still get the same results from God if your heart is properly prepared. But now listen, don't, don't take this, don't, 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 don't use that now. Because see, some of y'all be like, oh, thank the Lord, he done gave me a way out. That's my way of escape. No, 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 no. Don't use, I'm, I'm talking about if you, if you have a serious dire medical need that you are, it's a, your doctor has said, no, don't you do that. Listen to your doctor. And, and I'm going to just leave, leave that at that, all right? But what I'm saying is, you can still get the same results if your heart is properly prepared. In Scripture, there are many powerful and effective fasts that address specific needs. There is, we can derive from scripture several of these. I jotted down about nine of them. There probably is more, but there's a disciples fast. That's a freedom from besetting sins. There's the Ezra fast, the fast that allows you to be able to solve problems. And there are, at some point in time, I don't know when we'll get to it, but I promise we're, we're going to get to it within the first half of the year. We're going to talk about this because I believe that God wants us to live a fasted lifestyle. And one of the things that came out of this time of consecration for me is that and I'm not saying that everybody do this. I'm talking about what God spoke to me. Okay. What God spoke to me. God is saying he's calling me to a higher level of consecration because of what is before us I have to be built up. So I'm committing myself to fasting one day a week. That's 
that's what the Lord told me. He says, commit yourself to fasting one day a week. Now, there will be some times, and, and, and that's straight 24 hours, nothing but water. There will be times in which God will call me back to a more extended fast, but God wants to establish a more consistent level of discipline in my life. Why? Because I believe that what the Lord wants to do in and through this church, it's going to require us to be built up. And if we're not built up because fasting, again, is a spiritual discipline, and the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, these are spiritual things. Spiritual things. I could go on and talk about the things that go on in this city, but our police officers are here, and I don't want them going back telling the mayor. But, uh, but, but, but really what's happening, it's a spiritual thing. When you have contention on both sides of it, it's spiritual. It's old way versus this new way. I mean, it's spiritual. And so we have to get to a place where we understand it and we're able to combat it by using spiritual methods and not fighting this thing in our flesh. Because, see, when we get in our flesh, we miss it and we mess it up. See, when we try to fight this thing in our flesh, we're going to lose every time. We'll lose every time. But if we take spiritual matters and contend with them in the spirit, I believe that God will give us the victory. There's also the Samuel fast. We do the Samuel fast when we're seeking revival. And I'm telling you, we're going to spend some time and go deep into these things, probably doing a series later on this, this year, within the first half of the month. says, Lisa, please remind me. I want to keep this on the sermon preaching calendar. There's also the Elijah fast, breaking yokes of bondage. The widow's fast. I talked about this, becoming more people-oriented. The, the, the Paul, the Apostle Paul's fast, lightening up or lighting up your life. Most of us know the Daniel fast, but most of us do the Daniel fast, but we don't really understand the purpose behind the Daniel fast. The purpose, and pur the purpose behind the Daniel fast is for pursuing physical health and healing, spiritual insight, and spiritual breakthrough. That's the purpose of the Daniel fast. The John, the, the, there was a fast that, was, uh, uh, th that we can follow in Scripture from John the Baptist. That's desiring righteousness in our inward parts. And then the Esther fast, which is going after God's glory, going after God's glory. Today, for the next five minutes, and then I promise we're done, I just want to talk about that first one, the disciples fast, because this one deals with freedom from besetting sins. Freedom from besetting sins. Y'all with me for the next five minutes? Amen. Listen, let's go back to the book of Isaiah Chapter 58, and we're going to look at that first verse, probably just the first line, and this is where we're going to lift this thing out, and then we're going to go back to Matthew, and then we're going to see how this all works together. Isaiah 58, verse 6. Is this not the fast that I've chosen? Watch this. To loose the bands of wickedness. Stop right there. To loose the bands of wickedness. The purpose of of the disciples fast or freedom from besetting sins is to loose the bands of wickedness and to free ourselves and or others from addictions to sin. I, I should have, man, I did this message backwards. should have started with this because now y'all not going to say nothing to me for the rest of the sermon. It's about to get real quiet in here. So it's all right. I got an amen on the inside. I'm good. 
Go to Matthew chapter 17. I'll take you to two scriptures. Matthew 17. In this, the background scripture for uh, this particular portion, we see Jesus casting out a demon from a boy wherein the disciples could not cast the demon out. And they were unable to set this boy free. Most people hear this term exercising demons and they think that it's some type of worldly thing. They really, exorcism is commanding in the name of Jesus a demon or demonic spirit to come out of an individual or out of a house or any, or any habitation where the demon has taken up residence. You are casting a demonic spirit out in the name of Jesus. See, the theological implication given by Jesus is that his disciples, watch this, his disciples would have been able to deal with the demon and perform the casting of that devil out had they been willing to undergo the spiritual discipline of fasting. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? <clears throat> See, the reality is that fasting releases people from the bondage of sin. We, talk, we saw that in Isaiah 58 and 6. Releasing people from the bondage of sin. Watch this. And many believers are helpless victims to what's called besetting sins. What, is, what, what are you talking about? Let, let's go to the book of Hebrew, Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. And I will not give my bad joke that I give every time we turn to the book of Hebrews. Terrible joke. Although my daughter gave me, gave me a, a, you know, she, 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 she is the knock-knock queen or the joke-telling queen. Kaylin, she's, she comes up with this stuff. And yesterday at the dinner table, she had a good one. And she says, Daddy, how do you get uh, mice to smile when they're taking a picture? I don't know, Kaylin. Say cheese. And I don't know why that brought so much joy to my heart. It just, it just made me just laugh. I was, it's a good one. <laughs> but look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Somebody say sin. So you got to call that thing out. And the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Mm. Let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every weight. See, the weight is not the sin. The weight is something that will lead you to sin. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Ray, come here. I'm hoping that you can help me with this illustration. All right. Y'all remember um, Old Testament figure, uh, Joseph. Y'all remember Joseph? Y'all know Joseph when he was in that situation? What situation was he in? Y'all know. He, yeah, Potiphar's wife. Miss Potiphar. <laughs> All right. He found himself in Potiphar's wife's chambers. All right. Because she called him up 
to say, hey, I need you to do something. Don't know what she asked him to do, but, you know, Joseph, maybe she was attracted to the coat of many colors. I don't know. Maybe she was attracted to the coat of many colors. Ooh, that coat is sharp, Joseph. Come here, you Joseph. Come here, Joseph. Joseph. I know. So, Potiphar, Mrs. Potiphar, she was after Joseph. Joseph, come on in here. Lay down in this bed with me, Joseph. And Joseph is like, no, I can't do that. Joseph, my name is Mrs. Potiphar. Come on. Let's, my husband won't be, Mr. Potiphar won't be home for about 30 minutes. We can do what we're going to do. Because she's attracted to that coat of many colors. Joseph realized, I got to get out of here. And I got to get out of here quick, fast, and in a hurry. So Joseph, she's pulling on Joseph, pulling that coat of many colors, pulling that coat of many colors. But Joseph, you got to get away. So what you going to do? You're going to leave. Try to leave, Joseph. But I'm still pulling at you, Joseph. I'm still pulling at you, Joseph. Joseph, you got to get out of here. Joseph, I'm pulling at you. See, Joseph got to come up out that coat because the coat can be replaced. What can be replaced is his integrity. What can be replaced is his dignity. What can be replaced is his good name. And so he had to leave that coat behind and then continue on to a lifestyle that's pleasing unto God. Can I ask you a question? She was attracted to that coat of many colors, but was the coat the sin? No. The coat in that situation was the weight. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Come on, give Ray a hand. I didn't brought up out his clothes. That's all right. You'll be all right. Whatever it is that's causing the devil, and I don't care how fine she is, or how tall, dark, and handsome he is, how much muscle he has, and how many tattoos he got into it. It don't matter, whatever it is, you have to lay aside that weight. You have to push aside that thing because it's, because, look at what it says, look at what it says. He says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Easily ensnares us. I'm out of time. I'm, I'm, I'm out of time. My granddaddy would tell us this story because there's a scripture in the Bible that says, there is no temptation given to man except that which is common, but God is faithful who were with the temptation will always provide you a way of escape or a way out. Y'all remember, y'all remember uh, Batman? I, I, say, I remember though, I mean, I'm talking about the old TV series when every week he was about to die. I mean, every week 
he, every week he was on some conveyor belt and there was some saw thing and that belt was moving him closer and closer and they had bound his hands, they had bound his feet and he couldn't do nothing. And, this, and the episode would end right then and there and, it, and you thought that was the end for Batman. Some way, somehow, he was able to wiggle his hands free and touch his utility belt. And when he pressed that, pressed the right button on that belt, it allowed something to go forth to where it brought him free and he was able to get out of that situation just in the nick of time. Can I tell you something? God has always provided a way of escape for you. Sometimes you listen to it and you take heed to it and sometimes you don't. But my brother and sister, if you stay connected to the source, if you stay connected to God, if you continue on in prayer, I don't care that 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. is over, you still pray. You still seek his face. You still fast. You still stay in that word. When you stay connected to God, I can guarantee you will always have an ear to hear when he's providing a way of escape from the enemy. I need somebody to get up on their feet and give God some praise in this place. Come on and shout to God for the victory in this house today. Our community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.